Welcome to Picks with the Professor, sponsored by WagerLab, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, the professor, and I have built mathematical models to predict various sports outcomes, affectionately known as Sideline. Learn more about the model during the course of this episode. It's to cover the six best college basketball games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. We're covering both first four games and we're covering four of the eight NIT games. Yes, you're here. Check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickstheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google Sheet link in the show description for sidelines projection on every single game. Remember, this show covers picks in the best games for the best picks on all games. Sign up on Patreon or Blackbook Sports or different packages of price ranges based on your needs. Those A-grade Moneyline picks continue to be insanely profitable for the rest of those. Hit us up over there. Also, for the games that there just aren't lines out right now, there's a couple games I just can't lock them in yet on Blackbook. So we haven't made an official pick. A couple of games are really good. Not going to talk about them. No line for, for me to lock in, but all of the people on Blackbook and all of the $5 higher Patreon a month people will get those picks. Uh, so hit us up over there if you want picks on the other four NIT games. Also remember, sports are unpredictable, so the discussion here projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. We take a long-term view on here and don't get distracted when teams can't hit or can't miss from three. As those things balance up the long run, but are hard to foresee before they happen. In other words, please understand that good and bad variance will occur. So as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, if there is one time of year where we talk about good and bad variants, I believe I believe it's now. I believe we're here, my friend. March Holy Madness is, is it's called Madness for a reason. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be great. It's going to be glorious because there's no dominant team this year, and it's just going to be a lot of chaos. And I cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be uh, definitely a lot of fun. I don't know what else to say other than just let's let's start rolling. Uh, we yeah, got a, we got we got a lot of fun things to talk about. But before we get to it, uh, please hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. If you turn on notifications, don't miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. And we'll be, of course, just around the corner. I've already mentioned Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. A lot of great benefits found over there. Above and beyond what we do here, $3 a month, you get to play the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat, which is the place to get questions answered about these or other games or other sports. It's also the place where you could have gotten Jake's write-ups about the conference tournament uh, predictions where, I mean, that was well done, my friend. Well done. That's all I got to say. Well done. Thank you, Grand Canyon. That was that was a great payday. But, I mean, the other ones that were just as nice. The Grand Canyon, everything plus twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah. Well, very well done. It was a lot of fun there. Uh, but again, so so many great benefits over there. www.patreon.com/slash/picks with the professor. All those links again on the show description. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. If you haven't yet, also join us on Wager Lab. It's a free mobile app that lets you predict, tally, and settle bets from anywhere in the world. You can use it to keep friends honest and place bets with them and then settle up off the app. And that's why it's completely free and legal in all 50 states. It doesn't matter if you have legalized sports betting in your state or not because there's no money exchange in the app. You can also bet against the house for fun with points. That's what we've done here in our pool. You get 500 points. And you get to make whatever wages you want, spread, total, money line. And if you come out in the top three, you get Amazon gift cards. So sign up link there in the show description. If you haven't, it's free to sign up. So you might as well. And again, if you tear it up, then you get some free money. Uh, reminder, all total picks are one unit bets. While all money line plays are to return three units. That is the risk plus the win or the profit. Amount will equal three. So we risk proportionally more on favorites than on dogs. There's a couple favorites today, a couple dogs today. Um, you'll see that scaling in the Google sheet. 
um, as well. That's how I do things. It just kind of keeps us, uh, keeps us balanced and having to make any hard decisions. We always just make the, the risk and the win add up to three there for all of the money line picks. Uh, let's get to it. One last thing we are, this is Monday night. Uh, Jake and I, we are recording here Tuesday games. We are also going to record Wednesday games right after this. And if you're with us on Patreon at the $10 or higher level, you'll get this right away. So you'll be able to dissect all those Wednesday games. Uh, If not, it'll come out on YouTube. So it depends on uh, if you're seeing this and you're not with us on Patreon and you want to see the Wednesday stuff, go to Patreon. It's going to be up there already. Um, Well, that's because we are collaborating on these picks. We have discussed them. So we're mostly in agreement as as usual. So just a reminder there uh starting us off first four 6 40 p.m eastern texas a&m course christie versus southeast missouri state uh award winner for the longest banner here if i actually typed up the full team names uh as this one's quite a doozy we're gonna be on uh semo here southeast missouri state at plus 160 texas a&m corpus christi their best player is out that's obviously terrible timing there but that really affects their rating i've got them as still the better team but not by that much i've got them ranked now with that guy out at 226 versus southeast missouri state at 276 that says that a and christie should be favored by two they're favored by four it says that the money line price should be minus 128 so the fact that we're able to get plus 160 is an a grade value model says anything yet plus 157 or better would be an A grade price. As they won 44% of the time. And if you got 44% winner plus 160, that's great. It's March Madness. You never know how it's going to play out. Uh, and and so when you have a game that's this much of a coin toss, again, 44%, pretty close to 50%, getting plus 160 is a value you can't pass up. There should be a lot of pace in this one. Both teams are going to want to play this over 70 possessions. Southeast Missouri State, maybe even closer to 80 is their top 10 in pace. Uh, neither one of these defenses is very good. There's a reason why the total 155 and a half sidelines is 160. So if we were going to be playing a total, I think Jake and I both like the over in this one. Is there should be loads of pace and tons of points. But I think the better play is just the plus odds here on Southeast Missouri State getting plus 160 is just incredible value. Uh, Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, I really like Simo here. I mean, they killed Texas or Tennessee Tech, and that that hurt my heart. But that was a fantastic game. Uh, I think we're going to see a very similar game to that where the, it's just two teams that are very close, especially with A&M losing their best player. That really kind of brings them down to earth. I mean, the free throw line is going to be huge here. Both teams' defenses are bad and foul a lot. Um, both teams get to the line a lot because they have an aggressive offense. I, I think the difference between these two teams is going to be that Simo's best player is still out there, Philip Russell, who is very good. Um, can really create a shot from anywhere. He's a small guard. They're gonna have, he's gonna have the ball in his hands the whole most of the time, and it's really hard at le- teams of this level when you take a player like that out off your team, like A&M's best guy. Or if Russell wasn't playing, it really makes a huge difference just because there's not as that depth of talent. And then add in Chris Harris for Simo, and he he is built like a linebacker, and he is very strong, very good shooter. But when he gets in the lane, it is really hard to knock him off his shot. And even when you foul him, it's typically an and one very good free throw shooter. And I just think Simo uh, with the guards and having their best player is a great time to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Um, it, it, the, the, the 16 versus 16 matchups uh, sometimes start off slow. That's, I think, the reason a little bit of a hesitation from us on the total. We do like the over because everything screams over. Um 
that's just, I think, the, the holdback. That's why I think that the, the chance on the plus odds makes more sense here in what could be an anything happens type game because you do see those stretches where teams in that gym, I've been in that gym, it's kind of awkward. You get the whole, you know, every possession could be your last. You want to get good looks. If teams for some reason slow it down, there's just a lot of ways that that over doesn't hit. So we like the over, but it's easier to see how the over loses where this one does feel like pretty much a 50, 50 pretty close to a proposition. And at plus plus one sixty, anything near 50, 50 odds is just too good to pass up. Speaking of great odds, 7 PM Eastern Toledo and Michigan plus two forty on Toledo. I, I, I don't understand this at all. I, I think, look, we're going to cover four NIT games today. I got four a grade picks for you people. I, I could be wrong. The model could be wrong, but I think there is a ton of money that's to be made on some of these smaller tournaments where the lines are just bonkers. Don't even make sense. You got a Michigan team. That's all name. They're not bad, but it's about the name on the Jersey more than anything else. I don't understand why they're favored uh, by the, you know, seven points that they're favored. Sideline says they should be favored by one and a half. I mean, I, I'm not even convinced they're the better team to be completely honest. Um, sideline says they aren't they're getting a little bit of a home court but i can't even give them a full home court advantage because it's not like it's a conference game you know it's not like ohio state's walking into the building and those fans are going to be rabid i mean i have no idea if the crowd's going to show up or not anything can happen that so i think this is an anything can happen type game model says that toledo wins this around 47 percent of the time so plus 240 is just beyond a smart investment here um toledo's got They'll have the best and the worst unit on the court. Their offense is the best unit. Their defense is the worst unit. I just, I mean, I think they got a chance to pull this off. Plus 240 is just massive disrespect for a Toledo team that's pretty decent. I, I, Jake, am I crazy? Yeah, no, I, I love this Toledo team. I think they are a matchup nightmare because they force teams like Michigan, who are more of a slower team and like want to work it into their big guy in Hunter Dickinson to play faster because all of a sudden when they go on, a, on just a little bit of a run that really speeds that game up, uh, then all of a sudden that slow part of the your offense does not go well. Uh, Michigan's got a decent defense, but it's really not been showing up here at all recently. You've got – they've been giving up points like crazy. I mean, they gave up 87 to Illinois. They get somehow Wisconsin scored 79 on them. I'm not sure Wisconsin scored 79 it's, all year. That um, seems impossible. Like three yeah. overtimes, maybe, maybe, maybe four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, like their defense just isn't there. I, I know. I guess we'll insult Wisconsin later on in the show anyway, though, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, like at the same time, like what you say with the home court, I think they're, uh, the kids are close to spring break or if or maybe even on spring break. So maybe, I, yeah. who knows how big that crowd is, especially with the NIT. I mean, you had – you're looking – NCAA for Michigan all year, and then NIT is kind of a disappointment. So I'm not sure the crowd is all the way there. Toledo is going to be happy to go after Michigan and beat Michigan at Michigan, whether it's the NIT or NCAA. They, they want a chance to knock off a big boy, and they've got the team to do it. They can absolutely score with the best of them. They shoot the ball lights out, um, and they have to because the defense is so bad. But, I mean, even like the Kent State game, they scored 78. and I mean, Kent State's got a really, really good defense. And they still got 78 on them. I, I'm not sure Michigan will be able to hold them back. I think it's, that Toledo will win this maybe by a handful of points, even on the road. Yeah, total on this one is 161.5. The model says exactly 161.5. I, I have to say, and we'll talk about what the NIT totals. 
I, I don't really know exactly how to model it. We only have so much in IT data and things have changed. Times have changed, you know, from, from the last couple of years to previous times, the transfer portals affected that when guys just, you know, not playing in this motivations have changed. There's been a little bit more, you know, opt out stuff. The NIT sometimes gets really high scoring because it just turns into a, we're going to go out and have fun. You just don't quite know which teams are going to treat it that way. So there's a lot of variance in these NIT totals. Uh, but in general, I, the books start shading the totals up a lot and the model kind of looks under on a few of them because of the fact that the model's like bumping points, knowing that it's the NIT, but it, it can't bump it too much. Uh, this one says it's pretty well priced, which maybe says over uh, when you look at these two teams, what Toledo's going to do offensively and they're, they're going to score and they're going to give up points, right? So, I mean, Toledo could drive this over by themselves. So, right, Jake? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at what their numbers on the year, they're shooting nearly 40% from behind the arc on, on the year, not just in conference play or anything like that. They are top five in effective field goal percentage. They're great for the shoot team. They get line a lot. I mean, the one thing their defense does is doesn't foul a lot because it's just not near the shooter. Uh, but uh, it's just a lot of good things their offense does. They rebound well. They don't turn the ball over. They play at a fast pace. It, there's, they could put up 90 if they want to in this one and don't need much out of Michigan to get to 160 either. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving to the later games here, 9 p.m. Eastern, Villanova at Liberty. It's like Liberty minus 125. Just another incredible value pick here at these prices. Model says Liberty wins by an average of 4.8 points. Says that the correct price should be Liberty minus 204. Villanova, of course, played really well to close up the season, but I've got Liberty as the 24th best team in the country. I, I just think they're really good. Model says it's an A grade up to minus 164. So if you see minus 165, it's still an easy fire away you know, in, in my book, I mean, they're the better team here. They've got the best unit on the court and their offense. I've got ranked 11th. They should win this one. Total is 137. The model says 138. So the model says the total is priced pretty well. Just focusing on Liberty at what looks like one of the bigger edges on the board here. Uh, if you're priced anywhere near the low 100s, it seems like a pretty easy play to back Liberty. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, Liberty's a smart play, but I'm not sure who's more disappointed to be playing this game, Villanova or Liberty. Like this is these are two teams that really had their eyes on maybe even like Liberty maybe even getting past the first round this year. They have a very yeah. good team and Dar and a star in Darius McGee. Then you've got Villanova who's just always getting past the first round and maybe like sweet sixteen all the time and they had a very disappointing year. So I'm I'm not sure who's worse off there yet, but I'm I would take uh, Liberty one. They're at home. That helps out a lot. If they've absolutely done Darius McGee, that I'm not sure Villanova's going to know how to stop. And he's a very, very good player. He can shoot it from like 50 feet out. It feels like, and that feels like a good shot. He works the ball around pretty well. They're they neither team's going to turn the ball over, and neither team forces a turnover. So I see a lot of good quality possessions. Just a lot of slow trying to find the right shot and finding the right shot possession. Um, Free throw line going to be a big thing too here. You've got Liberty is at quite a disadvantage because Villanova. That's one thing Villanova always does. They shoot eighty-two percent for the free throw line as a team, which is just insane. But their defense doesn't foul a lot because they're. It's I, not my like. I like Liberty a lot here. It makes me just a tad bit nervous knowing that Villanova is Villanova, but 
that's I think that's just in my head. That's not reading the numbers and how they've played this year. Right. That's just yeah. hard. That's just a mental block I have. These defense is actually pretty good. They shoot a lot of threes, they make a lot of threes, they work they work the ball around to find a good open shot, their top ten effective field goal percentage. Uh, they are the best team at keeping their opponents off the glass. Uh, so that is a huge benefit because that one one and done in this game is gonna be big time because as slow as this is, any any time you give your opponent an extra possession could be deadly because I think this will be a tighter game that Liberty pulls out. You know, you talk about the, the disappointment of these two teams, and, and we talked about the last couple of weeks of the season how Villanova was playing so much better and how they were trying to play themselves into the tournament. And, of course, Liberty, I, I you know, again, I always talk about this. You know, I'm no bracketologist. I'm not looking at resume. I'm just looking at how good the model thinks your team are based off the composition of players you have and how they performed. And I, I don't see how Liberty didn't make it themselves. It's a really strong NIT slate for the first mm -hmm. round games, in my opinion, which is very surprising. I, I, I feel like we're used to the NIT being the first round being just a bunch of one versus eights and two versus sevens that are terrible and the three versus sixes, you know, that sort of stuff where it's just not great uh matchups but the, this nit slate is really strong and i think it kind of goes to what we were talking about you talked about at the top right there's no dominant team at the top and it's like there's no dominant it kind of like trickles down through everything else there's just a lot of parity and it should be some great matchups here um you know this one being another another one of them uh same with the next one here 9 p.m eastern yale at vanderbilt you talk about two more teams that wanted to make the tournament right yale uh you know was the one seed in the ivy ran into that road game against Princeton Vanderbilt, another team just talked about Villanova played really well on the stretch. I, I thought that Vanderbilt was probably going to get in based off the resume. I didn't think they're good enough to get in. I'm going to take Yale here at plus 140. I think Yale's the, the much better team here, even though this is a road game, same statement about Michigan. I just don't know what the home crowd will be like. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't. So there's a question mark there, uh, but I've got Yale as the 77th best team and Vanderbilt as the 120th best team. I still just don't believe in this Vanderbilt team. I think they had a couple of nice wins, but overall I just think Yale is much better. And as good as Vanderbilt played over the last month of the season, Yale was just as impressive. I've got Yale should be the favorite here. Minus 1.1. Sutherland says they won 52% of the time. The correct price should be minus 108. So anything, uh, and, and that's plus 113 or better on Yale as an A grade play. Of course, plus 140 is even better than that. Not even questionable if this should be an A grade play or not. Love Yale in this one. Total model things under this. Again, you never know with the NIT unders, but neither one of these teams plays fast at all. And so the model thinks under 147 as it prices is out at 143. So the model would go under. I'm going Yale plus 140. I love the dog here. I think they got a great shot to win, even though it's on the road. Jake, what do you think? I think defense is going to travel and make up the difference in this game. They've got a fairly good defense that does a great job of holding their opponents down, uh, making life hard. I mean, their effective field goal percentage is around 47. That, that's, that makes it you're always there in the shooter's face. They also do a great job of keeping their opponents off the glass. Force decent amount of turnovers, not anything to brag about, but it's more than they give up. So that's always that's always a bonus. Like anytime you're getting all the extra possessions and the other team is not, that that's huge. Um, decent shooting team. Free throw line gets a little shaky, uh, but they get there enough to make up for it. Man, they. they Yale's got to absolutely regret that first couple weeks of conference play when they went they went one and three because that that was the difference that that's what made the game at Princeton instead of in Yale and I think that was all the difference in that game. Fandy 
like they they played well at the end of the year, but they also took advantage. Like I think it, I think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, right? You've got Ole Miss who just fired the coach that they beat. They beat Tennessee on a buzzer beater, and that was to one of Tennessee's worst nights. They got Florida without Castleton. South Carolina terrible. Auburn and Kentucky are good wins. Mississippi State is a probably decent win, but getting Florida twice without him losing to LSU and like splitting with LSU, it's just not a. I think it was a little bit more smoke and mirrors. Their defense is rough, and it's going to hurt here. You've got a, a very competent offense in Yale that will rebound the ball. Vanderbilt gives up offensive rebounds like crazy. They don't force any turnovers. They're they're having a hard time getting the ball away from opponents, and they're just it's all the extra possessions are going to go Yale's way. Yale going to take plenty of advantage of that. I think when it comes to the total over just because Fandy has a very good offense that can shoot the ball but if those three start don't go in like they need them to because they are not good inside the lane they could very easily be a very low scoring game because Fandy goes cold yeah and that's a, a point to consider as well and the model's taking this account a little bit but doesn't want to overreact always talk about the models you know slow to react to these things by by design because when it overreacts and just focus on the last couple of games it just like it's chasing its tail uh but in this last little month where ivy where, where yale's played really well in the ivy league they've done it with both offense and defense a little bit more defense than offense but it's been the offense hasn't been bad either and the off the defense has been really good bandy's overperformance has been all offense related the, the the way they play well is all offense their defense has actually probably been a little bit worse the last month than it was before but their offense has just been so incredibly good and that's of course the thing that they're going to try to be doing the same thing if they, if they can get that offense going that's i think why the sports weeks have the total a little bit higher than the model does the models looking at more of the totality of the data and kind of a little bit concerned that they're going to struggle with yale's defense the other thing is again the pace of play that's the consideration you have to make when betting these totals is either one of these coaches going to say and we talked about this last year. I remember in the tournament with, with a team like Fresno, who was just all of a sudden just let loose in all their tournament games, except for one with regards to the pace and, and are either one of these coaches just going to say, let's just let it fly and have fun and just run and really drastically change up their pace or not. If these two teams keep with the same pace they played all season and really slow it down, grind it out, then the under has much more chance. But if either one of these teams decides to really pick it up, that's where the over looks more enticing. So that's kind of one consideration you have to make in the models, thinking they're going to play just like they did in the regular season. So if you have any extra insight into that, that helps you determine how you think it's going to go because the pace is going to drive the total or, or a large chunk of the total, not necessarily, but it's going to be a big deciding factor. And the model thinks slower pace means fewer points, but you just never know if one of these teams is just going to decide, let's roll it out there and have some fun. It, it does happen sometimes in these smaller tournaments. 9, 10 p.m. Eastern, back to the first four, Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. This is 9, 10 p.m. Eastern. Again, this is going to be uh, half an hour after the first game. So if that first game goes along, a lot of times this gets pushed back a little bit. This may be more like 9, 20, 9, 25, something like that. Uh, Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. Uh, this is going to be a fascinating clash of styles uh, or, 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 or clash of strengths, right? Pittsburgh's offense and Mississippi State's defense is going to be a great matchup, you know, strength on strength. But the other side of it, Mississippi State's offense and Pittsburgh defense is going to make you want to, you know, go get some popcorn or something because you're not going to be really entertained on that. So it's going to be a lot weaker quality. So it's a really fascinating matchup here because I've got Pittsburgh's offense ranked 26, Mississippi State's defense ranked 10th. I mean, these are two top-notch units there when Pittsburgh has the ball, but Mississippi State has the ball. It's just mediocre at best. You've got a Mississippi State team that wants to really slow it down, a Pittsburgh team that plays pretty average pace. Both teams have been going over as of late. We talked about that with Mississippi State. 
down the stretch, their offense looked a little bit more competent the last month, so they were playing higher scoring games. Pittsburgh's offense has been so good. They've been flying over the total. So the model would lean under 132 and a half is 131, but with how over these teams have been and how weird sometimes things happen in that gym, I, I don't really think the total is worth investing in. Yeah. It's priced pretty well. Sideline says Mississippi State should be favored by two. It says the correct price should be minus 121. So we're going to take Pittsburgh plus 120. It's probably the smarter of the play. I don't really know what's going to happen in this. I kind of look at this and say plus odds is the way to go here because anything can happen. It should be an interesting game. I'm not sure how good the quality is. Obviously, teams, you have to wonder, are either one of these teams disappointed that they aren't in the tournament rather than having to play this game in Dayton? Are these teams looking at this as a good opportunity and they're excited to go get a game in under their feet? We see sometimes these teams that play in this first four – get some of the jitters out, they get shooting, they get rolling, and then they launch themselves into the second weekend. So the mindset of these teams, I think, is really crucial. We obviously don't know what they're thinking, how the locker room's going, that sort of thing. But, I mean, that could really be the difference here. Which one of these teams is looking at this as an opportunity to do like we've seen some teams in the past do, make a run out of the first four? Which one of these teams is disappointed that they're there? I'm not really sure. I'm just going to take the plus odds because I don't know what's going to happen. It should be interesting. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, that, that's the same attitude I'm I'm coming with. It plus odds here is the right is the right play. You've got a team in Mississippi State who could just absolutely shut Pittsburgh down, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to do anything once they have the ball. They're just so bad on offense, and then their their free throws are so bad. They're sixty four percent on the year. That I'm not sure where they're going to get the points to win this game because you're right. Pittsburgh has a great offense. They can really shoot the ball. They do not like to turn it over. Uh, they nail their free throws. They rebound fairly well. Their defense can play well, and I mean they've played against they've played good against really good competition. I mean I know the ACC wasn't much from the yeah. middle and down this year, but the top ends. I mean they they have a three point win at home versus Miami. They've got uh, played Duke very well. I think they beat did they beat Miami or did they beat I can't remember if they beat Virginia or not. Uh, either way, they played them. Played everybody close. Yes, they did beat Virginia, uh, but they, you know, they have a very talented team. They've got a very good coach that has surprised me with what he did with this team this year. Uh, I just they, they make me nervous on the defensive end because yeah. if they for, if they forget to rebound a few times, that's going to really hurt. Because uh, the big guy from Mississippi State, drawing a blank on his name, can't absolutely hurt teams and he is big strong and he just absolutely clears space up because he is a tough guy but if you can get him from either rebounding and making the pressure of the guards enough where they can't feed him uh, which i think is what pittsburgh will do they, they should be able to win this game because there's nothing on that offense that scares you outside of him yeah and you know i think the offensive rebound you know, benefit for Mississippi State. It's twofold. They got two good options on that. If they're getting offensive rebounds, it could lead to easy buckets and their offense really struggles to score, or they could kick it back out and kill 20 more seconds off the shot clock and really grind this game out, which is the other thing they want to do. So I think you're absolutely right. If Pittsburgh isn't rebounding, it's like it's like a choose your adventure of terror, right? That where this game's gonna go south for them. So that's gonna be definitely a key for them. It should be like we said an interesting contest. We're taking the plus odds of plus 120 here. Um Mississippi State should be the favorite, slight favorites, but I don't want to lay a minus 130 or something like that with him because it's way too coin tossy to be laying any real amount of odds on this game. Uh, wrapping us up here, the late one, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, Bradley at Wisconsin. Um, I, I, don't, I don't hate the Big Ten. Um, 
I lived five years in Indianapolis. It was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Big Ten, though, basketball-wise, I mean, Purdue's pretty good. And a couple of the teams are, are, are solid, right? But I, I mean, we see it every year. The Big Ten just overrated and and, and struggles in, in the postseason. You know, they'll get ten teams in March Madness, and 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 seven of them will lose the first game, and another two will lose in the second game, and they'll get like one team through to the Sweet Sixteen or something like that. You know, you just see it every year. And I think had they put Wisconsin and the Michigans and some of those teams in, I think that's what they would have done in the tournament. Now they're here. You just don't know about their motivation. You just don't know how good they are. These little teams, you, you got to think they want it. I, I think kind of our strategy here of, of fading some of these big-name schools in the first round makes a lot of sense. Some of them are going to win by 20. There's going to be one of them who just wins by 20. We're going to be like, whatever, right? But there's going to be some upsets here because you just don't know if Wisconsin going to play. Same statement about – are their fans going to show up? You know, disappointing season. Uh, who, who really knows? Models is a coin toss game, though, that, that Bradley's the better team. I've got them ranked 58th versus Wisconsin at 98. Wisconsin's still got a great defense, but actually Bradley's defense might be just as good as Wisconsin's, and Bradley's offense is much better. There shouldn't be a lot of pace in this one. It should be a low-scoring game. There's a reason the model says 125.6 points. total is 127. So we're expecting a game in the 120s. I don't expect a lot of points. You never can with Wisconsin, but just when you look at you know, overall in the season, you know, Wisconsin's playing a little better as of late. Bradley kind of stumbled a little bit as of late, but I think there's an overreaction here to think that Wisconsin should be favored. I think on the totality of it, I think Bradley's a better team. I've got this at a coin toss game, 50-50. Anything that's plus 120 or better is an A-grade pick on Bradley, so plus 140, yet another A-grade pick on these NIT games. Uh, Jack, what do you got? Yeah, this is, for some reason, Wisconsin still grabbing respect for being Wisconsin. This is not your typical Wisconsin team. They're they are in terms of style, but they cannot figure out offense. So and, and that's the thing with this Wisconsin Wisconsin teams is usually they grade out pretty well from an offense team because they're usually efficient. They're usually slow but efficient, and so they don't score many points, and so people give them a bad rap. But they're efficient with their with the ball, right? They're just not efficient this year at all. They just don't know how to generate offense. It seems like. Oh, it's it's been pitiful this year, and uh, Brad, like if you have painted this team, they are a very good team. I mean, they just ran into the bus of Drake, and that, that's what got them at there at the end. But they are a very, very good team. They have a very good defense. They've got an offense that can score points. They can shoot the ball fairly well. Both teams here, free throw line is their worst enemy because neither neither team's going to be able to hit it. They're both sub-70 as a team, and it's just going to be bad. Um, but don't think there's going to be that many fouls in this game just because it be a very slow pace, not a lot of possessions, and not neither offense is – mega aggressive. Um, I think the difference that the game will come down to is the fact that Bradley has an offense that can be competitive and can absolutely shoot at times and has lit up teams in the past. And Wisconsin just hasn't done that this year. I just don't think they've got the offense to win this game. Bradley is a, is a good team and a smart player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we talked a lot about the Missouri Valley how much we like that conference and wished a couple of those teams could have made the big dance because I think I think Bradley's just as good as five or six teams easily that would have, that made the tournament. It would have been fun to see them in, but you know, here we are. Um, hopefully they can make an NIT run. Like I said, they're a really good team. Uh, a couple of those Missouri Valley teams are, are, are a lot of fun to watch. Um, that's all we've got for you here on this episode. Jake, any parting words with the viewer? No, nah, this is the time to join Patreon because you get this, like, because lines are going to move quick, especially with these games because money's going to come flying in. What everybody wants to do, and lines are going to move. This is the best way to get your best numbers. Yeah, I have no idea right where the lines are going to move. And just as a reminder, again, we're recording Wednesday game show here on Monday night. It's going to be available on Patreon. It'll be available on YouTube on you know in 24 hours. So 
if you want to get it early, who knows where the numbers are going to go. The numbers might move really fast. So get on Patreon. That way you can get the best of the number. Join us over there. Again, all those links are in the show description. Otherwise, though, thanks for tuning in this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't yet so you can get all that sports betting content that we provide on this channel dropped right into your feed. Be back again is it 24 hours from now with more college basketball betting tips? But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you need your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.